This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're talking about cup noodles. Indeed. I'm really excited for this. I am too, because when we talked about cup noodles, I was just picturing like the Nissen cup noodle, right? This guy right here. Yeah, yep. in like the, the styrofoam cup, or at least what used to be a styrofoam cup. Still is. is. Oh, it still is. But Matthew, you went out and you, cup noodles is a much bigger market than I thought it was. I know, and I, I haven't tried hardly any of these. Okay, so first off, this was suggested by listener Chihiro. Thank you, listener Chihiro. Um, and where do we even begin? Let's 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 start with the name before yeah, we get okay. into like the the uh, the panoply of of noodles. What is a panoply? Is that like uh, I think it's like a, a broad array? Okay, or the a, a multitude? Yeah, a, a myriad assortment. I got confused because isn't there like a kind of armor that's also called a panoply? You know, we're gonna have to look this up. In a minute. Okay, yeah. What What are some of your favorite kinds of armor? Let's save it for the armor episode. Okay. Oh, God. You know my favorite part of the Met? Of course. Is the armor Arms section. and armor. Yes! Yeah, yeah. God, it's the best! What, does it remind you of, uh, of uh, Crescent Market? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Except I just keep looking for like a tray of, of cookies nearby. All right. So actually, let's combine this naming, the thing about the name okay. with memory lane. Because I used to bring these for lunch when I was in elementary school mm-hmm. and would mm-hmm. microwave them in the school microwave. Yep. And back then, they were called cup-o noodles. Matthew, I was about to say this same thing. Like... I remember when I learned about these, they were definitely cup o noodles. Right. And it was absolutely the elementary school years for me. I can't remember if I put them in the mic. You're not supposed to put styrofoam in a microwave, are you? <laughs> well, we're going to today. Okay. Well, I seem to remember there being like a hot water dispenser, and maybe I could give it, give my cup of noodle, cup o noodles to the teacher, and she would go to the hot water I, dispenser. You know what? I think you're right. I think I, I think I gave mine to the teacher. And and like it came back with some magic. Done. Yeah, yeah, but no, it was like all the rage when we were kids. Yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't the only kid who brought cup of noodles to school, and it was it was great. Like I think I doubt it's changed much. I hope not. I mm-hmm. want I want to have. I don't ha- think I've had like the basic uh, chicken cup noodles in a long time, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping it really like tugs at the nostalgic heartstrings. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. So they dropped the O and just made it cup noodles in 1993. For an April Fool's joke in 2021, they claimed they were bringing the O back, but they didn't. Why did they drop it? I don't know. You know what? There was a book. Oh, I think I feel like it was called like The Ramen King or something like yeah. that. Do you remember? I think that, uh, wow, I can't believe I remember this, but I think the author's name was Andy Raskin. That sounds right. Yeah, I read it, that book. It was kind of problematic. It was very problematic. It was it was like a white man who's having trouble with having trouble committing. Yeah. And and he he goes on a journey to learn more about the man who like invented instant ramen. Wait, who we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but uh I think he gets into the the shift from cup of noodles to cup noodles. That makes sense. And like there's you know the whole like like Mandela effect thing. There are people who claim that there was never an O. 
Uh-oh, but there was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, in, uh, the most popular brand of these in England is Pot Noodle. Really? Which is which is fun so to say. So do they say pot noodle? They say pot noodle. Okay. They are. I, I learned a little bit about pot noodle. I learned that they're associated with lad culture, mm. which uh, refers to men being jerks. You know, the other day, Matthew, I wanted to use a GIF on my newsletter, okay. uh, and it was a GIF of like a, a Kermit doll swirling around in a kiddie pool. Nice. <laughs> but I saw that it had a little logo at the top that said "Lad Bible." And I was like, absolutely, <laughs> I'm not putting this on anything that is mine. <laughs> no. Um, and uh, the, the pot noodle line in England is mostly vegetarian. So, like, there's, like, a chicken-flavored one, but it's artificial chicken flavor. Okay. So I've, I've never tried it. Okay. Uh, wait, so lad culture, is that kind of, like, just men being horrible? Yeah, I think it's men, just men, men being is horrible. That, is that, like, boys will be boys? It's a boys will be boys okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's my, that's my memory lane. Just, uh, oh, oh, one, one more piece of memory lane for me. No, why don't you go first? Oh, so I seem to recall. That was that, a really smooth transition, wasn't it? God, that was great. In addition to Nissan brand cup noodles, there's also like. Maruchan. Maruchan. And is that called cup noodles too? It's called instant lunch. Oh, that's right. Yes. Instant lunch. I did not Maruchan get it. Mar- instant Mar- lunch. Maruchan instant lunch. I okay. should have. Yeah. Those are the two that I remember, and I tend to think of them as being indistinguishable. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, and these things are cheap, at least like the American version. Yes. I think this was $1. Yes. Uh, I'm my, sure back when I was in elementary school, it was probably like 20 cents. You know, and I want to say that that maybe this is obvious from the title, Cup Noodles, but this episode is all noodles that come like in a package that you are to eat them out of. We're not talking about any like ramen packages that come in plastic wrappers. Right. Like, we like, did an episode on the, that many years ago yes, and probably spouse, should again. My spouse probably eats that kind of, of ramen like three to four times a week. Yeah. I think I like have the idea that that's better in some way, but I doubt that's really true. I I doubt it, too. But anyway, okay, go on. So my other memory lane is that several years ago, a friend of the show, Becky Selengut, and I were in Osaka, Japan, and we went to the Cup Noodles Museum, mm-hmm. which is uh, is run by Nissan. It's mm-hmm. really fun. You, like, go through exhibits about, like, the history of cup noodles, and there's, like, a, a wall display of, like, all of the varieties that Nissan has ever made, which okay. is hundreds. <laughs> and then So far, I'm not seeing how this is fun. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, mean <laughs> I, I think it only costs like twelve dollars to get in. Do and they then, have? Hold on, I'm imagining like, uh, is there like a room there where they've made like noodles out of like silicone or noodles that are like made out of like and you stuffed can, like, get animal naked stuff? And roll around. Well, in no, them? and yeah. they're like all hanging from the ceiling, and you can walk through them like a beaded curtain. Let's just say, yeah, that they, sounds they have so that. fun, like a ball pit, but noodles. They do have, they do have like a uh, you know a replica of the workshop where Momofuku Ando invented instant noodles. Okay, which is pretty cool. But the, the, the reason people go is like at the end of the tour of the of the museum, you get to make your own customized cup noodle and like you know scoop in like you know do you want like the little like dried meat chunks or the dried like fake lobster chunks, um, which vegetables you want and which seasoning. And then you design your own cup and, like, mark it up with markers. Okay, that does sound pretty cool. Then do you seal it up and take it home with you? Yeah. Oh, I, I brought that... mine home from Japan and, and, and ate it. It was good. <laughs> that's, that's Okay, that's pretty cool. Okay, you want to learn a little bit about the I, history I of do. cup noodles? And then, and then we'll start eating some. Okay. There's going to be some slurping. So cup noodles were introduced by Nissin Foods in 1971 in Japan and were first marketed in the U.S. in 1973. Okay. And it's uh, packaged ramen, like the kind that you boil on the stove that comes in a, uh, in a plastic sleeve. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was came earlier. That was introduced in 1958. Hmm. Uh, I tried really hard. And like, you know, if you ever like Googled for like information on like business trends and just no. been like, I, <laughs> come on, you know you have. Oh. <laughs> I've seen your browser history. Um, I tried to figure out whether whether cup noodles or packaged ramen are more popular. Could not figure that out. So, like, who gives a shit, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Um, both cup noodles and packaged ramen were invented by Nissan founder Momofuku Ando. Like I said, I saw a replica of his, of his like, shack workshop at the Cup Noodle Museum. But cup noodles are easier to make because all you need is a source of hot water or a microwave, which we'll get into, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and chopsticks or a fork. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting information. I bet you didn't know this, that these ones are easier to make. I did. I did know. 
I get the sense that the quality of freeze-dried ingredients has been improving over time. And we'll we'll see because I think I think the one that I've just opened up here, the the Nissin uh, chicken cup noodles made at the the US Nissin factory, I don't think it's changed much since we were kids. Question, can uh, hold on. Can we just uh, discuss like the basics of of these packages? So, inside yeah, there's it. there are these noodles. Are the noodles fried? I think the noodles are fried. Okay, so the I don't noodles... know if that's true for all of the varieties, but I think for the most part, yes. Okay, and is that true with packaged ramen? It too? is not a hundred percent of them. Like the um, there's one that we tried that we really like that is that like part of their marketing is that they're not fried. The name's probably going to come to me. Um, okay, but generally, yes. And that was that was like the big advance that led to the invention of packaged ramen. That if you if you fry them, that they would cook up with a good texture in three minutes. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. Because okay. like if you just if you just like cook noodles and then dry them, like they'll turn into mush when you reheat them. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so when I look here in this cup noodles, uh, for anyone who hasn't looked inside of one for a long time, I, I, oh, I can you pulled tell it, you. You just pulled it past the past the dotted Shit. line. Shit. Wow. Oh, my God. Do you have some scotch tape? We're going to have to tape it. I'm <laughs> We're going to have to tape it out. I yeah. forgot. So basically, you know, I'm looking in this styrofoam cup. I can't believe this thing is still styrofoam. I know, right? This it, feels, is single, it feels really weird. This is single-handedly responsible for climate change. No, wait, it I don't says like on it. the cup, no CFCs. I don't believe it. Can they make styrofoam without CFCs? Oh yeah, there are now? other blowing agents. I just wanted to say blowing agents, but that is what it's called. Like, sorry, I almost made a like your mom joke. Yeah, your mom is the best is the best blowing a- agent. Like she's she's received like a whole bunch of medals. <laughs> can't believe we just went there. Oh, oh, you can't believe you and I. No, just... but we don't usually talk about. Our mom is this way. But I mean, I mean, we usually but, talk but about like, like for deck. She's been decorated for service to her country. Like, why shouldn't we trumpet this far and she wide? She should be proud. We're proud. <laughs> We're very proud. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, looking in here, all right, it, we've got like a mass of of noodles, and didn't then we, powder. Didn't we talk about stop it. I'm talking. Sorry. And powder sprinkled on top, and then like freeze dried carrots and kernels mm-hmm. of corn. We definitely need to try I, that this was, one. It was first. really worth it for me to do that. No, you're right. I, I interrupted you, and that wasn't fair. I was I was going to talk on the remember the. Uh, uh, the box of chocolates episode. What do you call it? Whitman sampler yeah. episode where we talked about. Was that a bonus episode? Oh, I think it was, it was a bonus episode. Day. Well, you should yeah. sign up, become a member. Uh, Spilledmilkpodcast.com slash donate. And then you can listen to that Whitman Sampler episode where we talked about how like women working in the Whitman Sampler factories would send notes to the to the soldiers abroad during World War II. And we were speculating like the notes were about like how much how many blowjobs you're gonna get when you when you get back from the war. Or maybe like it would be like you know how sometimes many you, know how, you know how sometimes clothing will have a little label that says like inspected by by number mm-hmm. 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or this would be like inspected by the number one blowing agent. <laughs> right? Yes. And, there, and But and what sh- about, like, were there no men working in the Whitman Sampler factory? Because men can be good blowing agents as of well. Of course. Of course they can. And, uh, all genders. Yes, yes. Um, we're an is, equal opportunity this is true. blowing I think, agent I think, advocate. like, back in back during World War II, probably, like, more of the men were all, I, I don't know. There was probably, like, one, one guy men working. Men were off being blowing agents at the front. Yeah. Like if, if if I had been around during World War II, like I would not have been wanted. Want, I wanted to be like sent off to fight because I would have been too scared. I would have wanted to be the one like straight guy working at the Whitman Sampler factory. <laughs> of course, you would, have. right? Yeah, <laughs> this sounds wonderful. Okay, like free chocolates and other benefits. Okay, oh, um, <laughs> uh, should we should we like heat this shit up? Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's heat it up. Okay. Okay. Can I wait? I want you to come over and admire my Japanese water boiler. Is this new? Uh, no, I've had it for a while. I'm it, sorry, water boiler? Is that different from an electric kettle? Well, it's it's uh, it's designed for like serving tea in an office. Or if you go to a kombini in Japan, they'll have one of these for filling up your cup noodles. Wait, is it this thing? It's this thing. I come, thought this was see. your rice cooker. No, come visit it. Okay. Okay, let's see. Okay, so this good. looks a bit like a rice cooker, but I'm, I'm talking loudly so the, the listener mm-hmm. can hear me. Oh, but it's got... Like a little nozzle. Yeah. And stuff. Wait, stuff which I comes mean, out, yeah. A nozzle and stuff. Stuff comes out. <laughs> okay, wait. Matthew, how oh, much? Oh, we need a timer. Matthew, how much is this? Oh, it's like $150. And you bought this so that you wouldn't have to boil water for your tea? Let's let's get back on the mic, I'll tell you. Hold on. I gotta look at this. 
Do you keep it plugged in all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I don't keep it plugged in all the time. I rarely even use it. So the oh, did reason did you buy this for when you were serving tea at Facebook? That's exactly right. Oh, I bought yeah. it for when I was serving tea at Facebook. So uh, the weirdest job I've ever had was I was I was invited several times to the Facebook office in Seattle to serve tea for meetings there. I just, and I would bring like several varieties of Japanese tea and matcha. And like after the first, like, you know, it was Facebook. So they're like, what do you want to charge? I'm like, I don't know. How about like 500 bucks plus expenses? And they're like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I should have asked for more, first of all. Um, <sighs> but, uh, you know, and uh, COVID killed that business. Um, I, I was, I really thought that I like, they were going to like invite me to do this like every couple weeks and it was going to be awesome, but it was not meant to be. But like after the first time, like I got this check and I'm like, next time I want to bring like a water boiler so I can just like fill a bunch of pots of tea really easily. And like, so I, you know, took my check from Facebook to Awajamaya and bought this Japanese water boiler. I'm sorry. If I owned this, I would keep it out all the time and I would literally, uh, I, I would triple my tea consumption just so I could use it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I make myself two pots of tea a day yeah, and I, I would just yeah. like think about the electricity it was using if I left it on. But like probably it doesn't take that much power to like just keep water hot that you've already boiled. I don't know. It, it's, it's a really nice machine. It works great and they last forever. And so you have it set to what temperature? Oh, uh, 208 degrees Fahrenheit, which Perfect. is the maximum. Okay. Yeah. I have a Bonavita kettle that you can set. Yeah, yeah. I, I love those too. Yeah, it's great. And I keep mine set the to gooseneck? 207. Yeah, with a gooseneck. Oh, so I'm like one degree better than you. Yeah. I'm impressed with how long this thing has survived. Like I use it at least once a day often twice a day, and I've had it for at least six years. That's great. Doesn't that seem great? So when you pour with the gooseneck, like I've been I've been like eyeing those, but I'm worried that like for like filling like a, like a mug of tea that like the gooseneck would be annoying, but like why? It's not annoying. Yeah, okay. It's not annoying. All right. I'm, yeah, I'm going to get one of those. Great. Okay. okay. We got we got like five seconds left until we can crack into this uh, classic Nissen so, chicken cup noodle. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Oh, oh man. Yes. Okay. Woo! Oh. oh, that looks good. I remember this Can very, I smell it? very mild aroma. Oh, God. That's <laughs> way more mild than I than Mild I would is think. really, like, it does have, like, a kind of vending machine chicken soup smell to it, but it, like, mild is really the word. Okay, here goes. Okay. Are you going to slurp? Yes, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is exactly how I remember it. So when you would take this to school, would you take a fork or a spoon or both? That's a good question. I don't remember. I think there was silverware at my school. So hot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I want to say probably a fork. I want to say a spork, but I don't think I had a spork. It's not as good as I remember. It's not very good at all. (laughs) It's pretty mild. You know, I do think it's the same as when I was a kid. I do too. It's I think really I was not, afraid of flavor. It's yeah. I must have been afraid of flavor too. That's really huh. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what, pretty what, bland. What do you say? I mean, it like it. It tastes like kind of almost nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I think some of the other ones are going to be are going to taste like something. Yeah. I, I was also aware that the noodles are like a bit spongy. Yeah. Do you oh, get that's, that? That's definitely always been the case. Is that always the case? I guess I've gotten so used to the noodles in the packaged ramen, and those are not spongy. Yeah. Well, that's. That's why I sort of convinced myself that maybe the packaged ramen was better because you have to boil it. Yes. That, that probably the noodles have to be like more cooked in order to be able to just soften enough in boiling water poured into a styrofoam cup. Yeah. And these... that might affect the texture. But we have some like better brands okay. coming up. Okay. So uh, hold on. Let's let's finish up with Nissen here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Should we, should we continue with? Yeah. Okay. I was, I was thinking about how to cheese plate these. Yeah, let's do this one next. And okay. this one is uh, recommended to microwave. So I, I split these out into two groups. This is the microwave side, and this is the pour in hot water side. Okay. Okay. Um, and there, there are boiling water directions, but it says recommended to microwave. Okay. So first of all, this one, this is the um, cup noodle curry. It is uh, the most popular curry noodle in Japan. It says remove the lid, tip or shake cup to move seasoning powder to one side so that noodles can be seen. Want to, want to do that? Oh, yeah. I want to see the noodles. Uh-huh. Is it important that I make eye contact with them before we begin? Be- before. <laughs> well, because it says so that noodles can be seen. Like, oh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Is it important that I make eye contact? It's important or? to the noodles. Well, yeah. <laughs> it says, I think it says remove the, the, uh, the lid completely on this one. 
This smells kind of like uh, dog food meets Japanese curry. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be good, though. That's my prediction. I'm having trouble seeing the noodles. Oh, okay. I mean, Matthew, do you see the noodles? Uh, no, not really. So we're, let's just go ahead. Wow, it's, it's got some like real like biscuit things on top. Uh, it, I don't looks know what like, it, it looks like kibble. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. All right, so it says, and then okay. it says, uh, fill with room temperature water. I'm just going to do cold water from the tap. And microwave, two and a half minutes. My microwave is usually a little weak, so we'll do three minutes and let stand for one minute. Okay, I'm going to use the bathroom. Okay. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Okay, while the while the curry is is heating, I'm going to tell you about the the super smart brilliant thing I did while you were gone. Oh wow! Um, so I uh, I wanted to dump out the the uh, Nissen chicken cup noodle that we didn't like. Yeah, and I'm like I want to get the noodles into the compost. I want to try and put the noodles through the garbage disposal. There was a in the sink. Wait, wait, wait! You wanted to put them in the compost and through the garbage disposal? No, I did not want to put them through the garbage got disposal. Okay, no, it. I wanted to do both. <laughs> okay, I wanted to like have a have like a quantum. Quantum uh, mechanical incident, <laughs> um, okay. uh, and so in the sink was a a uh, like a cooling rack that wife of the show Lori used this morning for banana muffins. Yeah, and so I'm like, cool. I'll use this as a strainer and pour the noodles <laughs> onto that, and then and then ferry them to the compost bin. <laughs> Uh, and it worked perfectly, and nothing slopped onto the floor nope. at all. That's great. Cool. That is great. Okay, so I, I did have it run into a little trouble filling the uh, the curry cup because like the water was like pooling on top instead of like dripping down into the noodles. But then once I put in more water, it, the weight of the water forced it down. Okay. So, okay. Did you ever see the noodles? Did you look them in the eye? Not yet. Okay. Um, but uh, okay. they're heating up. We'll see what happens. Okay. Well, let's let's keep discussing here. So Nissan has other has other you know yeah. products in their lineup, right? So Nissan is the maker of Top Ramen, the most popular ramen brand in American supermarkets, and they they now make Top Ramen Bowl, which probably they have for a while. The uh, okay. Cup Noodle Global Favorites, which is what the curry one we're about to try is part of. Okay. Uh, and uh, also the Hot and Spicy line. And I noticed I got some of these at Safeway, and our Safeway is a pretty regular American Safeway and like the there is a really nice selection of cup noodles in the Asian food aisle. Okay. Okay. Still looks terrifying. God, that looks awful. <laughs> so uh. I could have I stopped at 6 cup noodles. I could have gone really wild. Oh, this is styrofoam. Yeah. Right. It it seems like exactly the same cup as the previous one that said do not microwave. So Huh. But I did. Okay. Nissin is a, is a Japanese company. It yes. has factories, presumably, in North America. Yeah. Okay. So I think this curry one is also made in North America. Okay. What about other brands? I mean, it seems to me that Nissin is no longer necessarily the best. Right. So if th- it ever was, I think I think the one that's become like the the favorite among connoisseurs is uh, is Nongshim brand, and like Korea, like Korean brands now really like dominate the better cup noodle market. Oh. Oh, okay. So so all of the rest of what we got here is Korean. Okay. And so, some of them made in the U.S. and some imported from Korea. So I've definitely seen this brand that is black and red that has the word Shin on it in, yes. in big capital letters. Is that made by Nongshim? Yeah. Shin, Shin Ramyun uh, is, is like their basic one. And I got the Shin Black. Why Ooh. Why did I get it? That sounds like it's going to be really good. I hope so. I think I didn't do a good job of making this curry noodle. Or or they I didn't think, do a good job. I of, think they didn't do a good job of making it. That looks like, oh, don't burn your mouth for that. Save your It t- smells pretty good. Okay. All right, it's all right. Oh, it does smell pretty good. Some um, of the noodles have not gotten fully hydrated, but it gives it a nice little crunch. Mm, this is not... 
I want to just kind of sip the broth because I think the broth is going to be okay. Okay, I'll pass it back to you when I'm done. But I'm going to blow on this because if there's one thing I don't feel like sacrificing my tongue for, it's the heat of a cup noodles. Yeah. Um, Should we should we like get some of these going at the same time? Because otherwise we're going to it's going to be like five minutes every time. (laughs) Five minutes of of us blabbering every time we want to try a new noodle. Okay. So let's let me tell you what else we've got here, and then we'll and we'll start eating them. So. Got uh, a couple from Paldo brand. I've got the gom tang beef and vegetable and the tumses uh, stir fried ramen spicy. I'm very excited for that and one. And how did you choose these? Like, I don't necessarily know what these words refer to, like gom tang beef I, and vegetable. I went to or... I went to H Mart. I got a couple of brands that I recognize that I've seen before, like the the Shin Black and the uh, Neoguri uh, spicy seafood, and then just a couple that looked appealing because it said spicy or it had like a creamy looking broth. What do you think of the curry? Hmm. You know, it's a little better than I thought it would be. Okay. My feeling is that the aftertaste is kind of like f- flat. Yeah. Like it needs fat somehow. Yeah, I know what you mean. I do enjoy sipping the broth. Do I love it? No. This all is making me feel oddly really comforted hot. though. Yeah. There's something really comforting about holding that warm styrofoam cup. It's like if we're going to yeah. if if we're going to destroy the ozone layer like Holding a warm styrofoam cup is is a nice way to die. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I don't know what that little like nubbly bit is, but it's not bad. Potato. Okay. It's oh, pota- dry potato. Uh, dry potato. Yeah, okay. I would I would eat this. Okay. Yeah, I think I would eat it too. Okay. How about if you do the uh the fill with hot water ones, which are these two, and I'll do the microwave ones, which are these two. Okay. And then we'll come back and do okay. it and Cooking taste them all. instructions. Yeah, I mean if you, Instruction if you de cuisson. Ouvrir le couvercle à moitié. Ajouter la base de, de soupe. Oh, wow. Et l'eau bouillante. Jusqu'à la ligne à l'intérieur. Refermer le couvercle et laisser reposer trois minutes. Retirer le couvercle, remuer et déguster. Picard. surgelés. OK, here we go. OK, so this is the... Oh, I've got both Paldo ones. Oh, this has a packet in it. The instructions didn't mention the packet. Did cup noodles when we were kids, did it have a packet that you had to? No. No, it was always just like the 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 flavoring was just sitting there waiting. The Shin Black has two packets. Wow, that isn't, isn't Shane Black like a movie director or something? I don't know. Okay. Oh, this one you Whoa, this one's interesting. Oh, okay. You you only add the soup base and flakes later. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Matthew, I've got one that's going to take three minutes and one that's going to take four. How are we going to do this? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If, if only there was a way. How are we going to do it? Wait, some, some of them are going to get a little soggy. Okay. Yeah. So sure. these guys that I just did, I think, are paper. So they, they definitely feel hotter. So, Matthew, the, the one that's in the bigger... Oh, no. Look, the lid is peeling back. <laughs> what, okay. do you, what do you think that paper lid does in terms of heat retention? A lot. Now, uh, so, Matthew, the one that's in the bigger thing, the um, Paldo... Oh, yeah. Is it t- Tumsai? I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. It's a Korean word that Stir I don't know Stir-fried ramen spicy. So that one, what happens is we're going to drain the water out. Oh, nice. And then we add the the sauce packet. I'm very excited about this one. And the spicy lovers packet. That's us, the spicy lovers. The spicy lovers. We, we got a medal. Uh-huh. Yep. We are best at blowing. Um, we, I feel like this is an episode where like some, someday when we have like a high maintenance episode like this, where we're like cooking a bunch of things and this is like real cooking. This is um, a, a pretty high maintenance episode. We should, we should see if we can get producer Abby to like come over and, and, uh, and like prep. I think we'd have to pay her more, but she would, she would be deserving. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, whether we want to spend our money. You, you, mean, you, you think she would charge like a surcharge? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> to be in our presence for sure. I would. <laughs> Okay. okay, so got one more to go in the mic. Okay, we've got about a minute fifteen left on the gom tang. So Matthew, I was recently um, on a Hawaiian Airlines flight. We went to Hawaii for June spring break, and we were flying from this flight was from Honolulu to Seattle. And there was a family next to me, and I think that 
what the mom was watching were Japanese game shows the whole way. So I think it was a Japanese family. At one point, I heard her ask for noodles, just ask for noodles from the flight attendant. And I was like, what is she about to get? Like, I, I was not aware we could have noodles. And the guy came back with two containers of Maruchan instant lunch. And, nice. and, you know, his little like credit card machine and rang her up. And it turns out that on Hawaiian Airlines, it is like a basic thing that you can always get Maruchan instant lunch for four bucks. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I have been on Hawaiian Airlines one time going to Japan. I loved that this woman had what felt to me like insider knowledge. I yeah. had no idea. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. Like she ordered off the secret menu. Yeah, totally. Like did she get her uh, noodles animal style? I was going to say she, she got a doggy style. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. What's happening to me today? We're going to edit this part out. No, we're not. Okay, Matthew. This... I don't even know if like the mic picked up when you said she got her noodles doggy style. Oh, thanks. Thanks for repeating that. Okay, I've got the Neoguri uh, spicy seafood. Okay, I've got the Gomtang beef and vegetable flavor... Uh, made by Paldo. Oh, God, this does not smell good. I mean, do you think that beef was just like waved over the, like through the room in which this powder was made? Because That's really good. Smell this. Okay, I just tasted the spicy seafood and I really like it. Interesting. Oh, the spicy seafood actually smells like like dried shrimp or something? Yeah, okay, I'm excited. No, I'm excited to try this, this beef one that kind of, it just kind of smells like negative space. Okay, I'm going to try to find a way to drain all water from the cup. This feels like a stunt. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. We do not have workers' comp. I mean, what if I were trying to do this, like, in my office or something? I think if you were trying to, to do the one where you have to drain the noodles in the office, like, you, I mean, you'd, like, try and, like, get an intern to do it. I'm focusing. I can't, I can't respond to you right now. Hmm. No, I don't think I like this, this uh, beef and vegetable one. Do you even understand where beef is associated with it, or does it just feel like... I think it's supposed to be like a beef bone kind of thing, but like... promises? It, 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 the flavor isn't right for me. But okay. the spicy seafood I like a lot. The noodle texture on that one is the best I've had so far. Here, Matthew, could you add... So I can taste. Could yeah. You, you're supposed to add the spicy lovers to... But, okay. Yeah, and you're supposed to stir well. I will. Okay, I'm going to taste this spicy seafood... All right, what is this guy? This is Nongshim Spicy Seafood Flavor Noodle Soup. Okay. Yeah, this smells really good. Mm-hmm. It kind of, um, maybe it has a bit of like a dashi smell. Yeah. That kind of dried, dried fish. Ooh, smells spicy. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I need to mix this really well. This feels like more of a project than a cup noodle should be. This uh, spicy ramen one because you had to drain the water mm. and then like mixing it up is a pain. Oh, this is tasty. Yeah, the the neoguri spicy seafood. I think part of it quite though good. is is that it's really spicy. Yeah. Hmm. 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 What do you think? You feeling pretty good about that that effort you just put in? Okay, so I'm tasting the spicy lovers. The noodle texture is not great. It's it's soft. Which I guess is just kind of what you're going to expect from a from a cup noodle. Mm-hmm. The sauce is really spicy, and I really like it. Mm, I really like this neoguri. Ne, neoguri? Mm-hmm. Am I saying that approximately right? Ooh, okay. Oh, that God, this does smell spicy. Spell smells uh, like spicy ketchup. Yeah, it kind of kind of does. <laughs> Looks like there's some sort of seaweed in here. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's. I mean, I feel like there's some some like gochujang in the in the spicy yeah. lovers because I get getting that like fermented character, but it's spicier than a than a gochujang, or that at least than most gochujang that I've had. Mm. Is that good? Wow, that's really spicy. Uh-huh. This is the kind of heat that um, would sometimes give me hiccups. Do you ever get hiccups from really spicy food? No, just from laughing at your jokes. The first time this ever happened to me was at Mission Chinese Food in San Francisco like sure. 10 years ago. I got the hiccups and then I felt deeply nauseated. It was so good and it was so spicy. Yeah, I like this. Mm, I prefer the Nongshim. The Neoguri. Neoguri spicy seafood oh, there's soup. one more in the microwave. Mm. Wow, I'm on fire from that. The stir-fried ramen. Ah, I think I need a cracker. Do you have any saltines? Mm, No. Woo! (sighs) Yeah, it's real spicy. It is really spicy. I'm glad that you think it's spicy, too. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Mmm. Okay, I'm cleansing my palate. 
Yeah, I think I think we kind of fell down on the cheese plating job here because I think this last one is going to be much less spicy, and so it might register as what like, is what is that last? This one? is the shin black with beef bone broth. Mm, okay, I have a feeling also that I I messed up by not tasting this one the the watery beef earlier. <laughs> That's what it's called. It smells terrible. I don't want to eat this. It's not. It doesn't taste bad, but it doesn't taste like much. No, I don't like that. It tastes like it smells, which is like. Mm. Like the contents of a vacuum cleaner. The shin black is very tasty. Okay. Overall, I would say the uh, the spicy the neoguri spicy seafood is my favorite. Okay. But the shin black is very good. I like the one that's too spicy. I can I can go for that sort of thing sometimes. So I feel like we ended up with three. Well, I ended up with like three that I really like and three that are kind of eh. Mm, this is not bad. I think if I'd had this one before. The spicy seafood and, sure. and the spicy spicy. Ship some of the broth. It's really hot, though. That's right. I know you're afraid of dental emergencies. <laughs> no, it's that I burn my tongue really easily. Yeah. Okay, what do I want more I don't of? like the smell of this, though. Okay. There's something to the smell of the noodles in some of these that I don't care for. It's probably that they've got a lot of kansui uh, or whatever they call it in uh, other languages. To to like keep them a little bouncy and springy, What's but like that? it's it's lye water. It's not lye. It's it's a it's an alkaline solution. I don't like whatever the smell is coming off of that. Mm. I'm gonna try the spicy seafood again. Yeah, the spicy seafood it feels like just like the most balanced all around to me. Also, the noodles look <clears throat> different, don't they? Yeah, they have a tiny bit of a translucency to them that makes them look a little bit less. Oh yeah, I instant. like the shin black a lot. Okay, I'm going to one more bite of the super spicy. Mm. No, for me, the, the runaway winner is the spicy seafood. Mm-hmm. Mm, that is good stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think they had that one at Safeway. I would have never thought to buy this, like, spicy mm-hmm. seafood flavor. It doesn't have many chunks, right? Yeah, but I don't think I want, I right, don't no, I want don't freeze-dried chunks. Um, okay, so what's our, what's our take? What, what have we learned? Well, I'm wondering, like, am I going to, am I going to buy these? And I... I'm not sure. If you worked in an office, yeah, would you buy these? I, I would. I would be concerned about like subjecting coworkers to to like my noodle aromas. Yeah, I think the spicy seafood is but, a real aroma situation. But they're probably used to my aromas by now. If I've been working there for a while, I bet you would come in with a, a lot of aromas. So you're mm-hmm. probably right. Mm. Here's the thing for me: a noted okay. homebody. Okay. Um, I started making that TikTok ramen that I've mentioned before. Tell Last me about year it. Or whatever. It's it's like an Indonesian style recipe where you cook some some ramen without the seasoning packet, and then you make a sauce that's like chili flakes, brown sugar, soy sauce, and then you and then you like cook an egg and 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 uh, mix that through, and it's really tasty and takes about six minutes to make. And so because I'm always home at lunchtime, I'm more likely to – and always have those ingredients on hand. I'm more likely to make something like that, like a doctored packaged ramen, Mm -hmm. than go for a cup noodle. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I do think some of these are really tasty. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just don't like lead a cup noodle lifestyle the way I used to when I was like seven. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when I was seven and working working in an office in the uh, in accounts receivable, I think that part of what is working for me about the neoguri one is that it has more of a smell, like it has more spices and stuff. Like yeah. it almost smells well. It smells a bit funky from the seafood. Yeah. But it also has a bit of like a kimchi funk or like that kind of yeah. like pep like spicy chili funk. And so for me that elevates it above above other cup noodles that just kind of are warm things to hold at the right. end of the world. And there there are other uh, flavors of neoguri also. Oh, what does neoguri mean? I think it's some kind of monster. Let's look this up. Okay. I think you're some kind of monster. Well, I know I am. I am impressed by how spicy these are. Yeah. I mean, I did not expect that. Ah, I was sort of right. Neoguri is the Korean word for raccoon dog, what's called a tanuki in Japanese. So it's like a, it's like a critter. Okay. Not a monster. But, uh, okay. Okay. I think, yeah, I think we learned a lot. I, I have a question for you. If you worked in an office, would you rather work in accounts payable or accounts receivable? Sorry, one this is, is, this one is, is invoicing, what, one is receiving. Yeah, Invoice, this, this is what like, qualifies money? to me as like starting a bit. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I, I don't I, have any sense of where it's going to go. 
I think I'd I think I'd want to send out the invoices. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'd I feel s- just the opposite. I so I I have to do I do some invoicing yeah. for my teaching. I send invoices through QuickBooks. And <laughs> I not I, sponsored by QuickBooks. I really enjoy um like the system I have for sending invoices and then like keeping track of whether they've been paid or not. Okay. I feel like if I was working at a company though, like I want to be in payable. I want to make people happy by like sending them a check on time. So why don't you invoice oh, me? Payable. I get it now. I thought it was just like you sat there and received the money. <laughs> that's I think that's receivable. I think you send the invoices and then receive the money. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. God, I am sorry. I like I am Wait, have you been st- sending invoices and then sending people the money <laughs> no. after sending the invoice? No, but I seriously <laughs> we do need to not talk. know corporate language. I don't either. That's like that's I the only thing I know. Up do not. Like my spouse right now is is getting a certificate in um, data analytics. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Sounds like they're bound for the C suite. That's a that's a corporate term I picked up at work. Um, I remember when Ash was working in their their last corporate job. They mentioned something about the org chart, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Why is it that like you you guys can't say the word organization or like staff?" Staff chart. Staff chart. Like, what the hell? Why is it an org chart? I don't know. It sounds cool to me. I all the all the reorg. Yeah. You're doing a reorg. Everything I know about corporate life, I learned st- serving tea at Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to segments because this episode is long. Okay. I think probably like a lot of waiting for noodles to soften I, is going to get cut out by producer Abby. Let's hope so. Okay. Matthew, would you read our spilled mail? I would love to. This is from listener Amadis. Hi, longtime listener Amadis here. First, a comment. I recently re-listened to the M&M's episode and wonder if you ever attained your dream of having a bowl of custom M&M's <laughs> with your faces on them so you could re- eat, re- eat real M's behind M&M's. This must be a thing we said on the M&M's episode. <laughs> don't remember. The answer is no. We have not realized any of our dreams, including that one. Yeah. My question is something, and this is going to get serious, we're, we're, we're about to have a turn. Okay. My question is something I've been trying to figure out myself for a little while. Mm. I like trying new recipes and cooking styles, and I love that you both do too from all types of cuisines. But when you're thinking about purchasing a cookbook, do you do any research or anything to learn more about the chef or person behind it to determine whether you want to support them and their work by buying their book? Mm. Maybe this is an attempt to learn more about where appropriation and respect slash enthusiasm intersect and how people talk about it. There's also the dynamic of a lot of white guys. No disrespect, Matthew. You, you're wonderful. <laughs> Taking up a lot of space, <laughs> but it's obviously not a hard and fast rule just to not buy cookbooks from white men. Yeah. Do you each do anything yourselves to investigate that sort of thing before purchases? Thank you both for everything you do. I love each of your writing careers and this perfectly engineered podcast, PEP. Oh, thank you. Okay. This is a terrific question, and I'm it glad is. that we we are being asked this question. In order to answer it, I'm going to shift it a little bit because I haven't bought cookbooks in a long time. Mm-hmm. I just bought two. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. But I do use recipes from the internet all the time. And I think like a lot of white Americans, it has only occurred to me in the past two to four years that I really do want to do that research and need to do that research before I choose a recipe. So, you know, I think in the past, if I were looking for, I don't know, some sort of, uh, let's say, a Vietnamese noodle recipe, I might have gone looking for it on the internet and found a recipe from Bon Appetit and just used it. Right. Now I find myself much more inclined to go to either uh, like a Vietnamese YouTube channel or uh, to a Vietnamese food blog. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot from uh, learned a lot about Japanese food from just one cookbook. Sure. And in the past, you know, to be perfectly frank, it would have never occurred to me that I needed to to. Uh, step outside of the box of white cookbook authors and actually go to the source. I I think 
this is this is a big question. Like, I do yeah. think, both, you know, Molly and I grew up kind of in the era of uh, like coming of age and learning about food of like, you know, if you want a Mexican recipe, you turn to Rick Bayless or exactly. Diana Kennedy. Exactly. Right? Neither of whom are Mexican. And I think some progress has been made with that. And like a lot of a lot of this like is work that has to be done by the publishing industry because they remain like the gatekeepers, especially mm-hmm. in the world of cookbooks, which hasn't been affected as much by self-publishing as some area other areas of publishing. Yeah. But of course, like, you know, they respond to to demand from consumers and, you know, promoters like us. Mm-hmm. You know, I have thought about this more in terms of, well, first of all, let me talk about the two cookbooks that I recently bought. Okay. Because like I think it might be kind of like illustrative of my muddled thinking on the subject. Okay. Um, I bought two new Japanese cookbooks, both of which I really like. One is called uh, Tokyo Up Late uh, by Brendan Liu, who I don't really know anything about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one is called Your Home Isakaya by Tim Anderson. And uh, Tim Anderson, uh, I, I do know a little about because I have uh, cooked from almost all. I think this is his fifth Japanese cookbook. Uh, he is a white American guy. Uh, who has spent a lot of time in Japan and get and getting deeply into Japanese food, kind of like someone else I can think of. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that doesn't necessarily make him a good guy, and I don't know anything about him. So I think, first of all, we're kind of conflating the issue of cultural appropriation and like whether someone is a bad person, which can which can go together, but don't always. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, so I don't know anything about either of these cookbook authors as people. Mm -hmm. I know that when I read both of these books, they clearly have a very deep understanding and closeness to Japanese food and culture. Mm -hmm. Is there like a whiff of cultural appropriation about the fact that one of them is written by a white guy and the other one is written by um, a a guy of Asian descent who I don't think is Japanese based on his name, although that could be an unfair conclusion to jump to. Yes. It's really tricky because it's obviously difficult to figure out how to talk about this stuff because it is so muddled. This book that you're holding up here, this Your Home is Akaya, is gorgeous and looks... You know, at first, like it looks truly authoritative. And it's really tricky because we don't know the story of how it got made or whether there are other proposals out there for a similar book that got overlooked. Right. So I, you know, I feel personally like not always comfortable with the amount of space that I take up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that was a good way that uh, for listener Amadis to put it. You know, I I think about this kind of more because I've been reading more fiction lately. And so I think I think it's a question that goes far beyond cookbooks. You know, this is this is something that I haven't really like talked, said publicly because it's something that like I don't I don't know like how okay it is to express it this way. But it's something that I've come to feel pretty strongly. So let's just put it out there um, and see if anyone cares. I think for the most part. If you are a, uh, you know, a cis white man and you are thinking about writing a book, think about doing something else instead. Because what you are, unless unless you have like a very unique perspective. I have a question. Would yeah. you say this, do you think like this across the board? I think as a, as a good starting place. Okay. The reason I came to this was because I wrote the manuscript for a novel that I was pretty proud of mm-hmm. where the main character, the, the, the point of view character, uh, was a Chinese-American girl. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this with wife of the show, Lori, and with several other people, including you, and came to the conclusion was like – not only would it be cultural appropriation for me to write that, but like maybe more important than that, I just don't really know what it's like to grow up mm-hmm. as a Chinese American girl. And I'm not going to do a good job of portraying that even if I go in with the best intentions. Mm-hmm. So what are my options at that point? Like, you know, I can write a book where a, you know, a uh, white guy growing up is is the center of the book and maybe is like trying to do his best. Mm-hmm. Fine, but mm-hmm. I don't. Not really interested in that. Uh-huh. Like, I don't want to write that book. We, like, we've got enough of those well, books. And I think that there are a lot of people that would respond to what you're saying. Like, well, Matthew, just because you step aside doesn't mean that a Chinese American woman is going to get to publish her novel. Well, and that, but that's not the point. Right. The point is that, like, what you are in control of is that you can choose to be silent. Yeah. And to not actively move into that space that we don't know. 
whether it can be occupied by someone else or not, but you can choose whether you try to occupy it. Right. So I don't know. That was that was like a big mess because like my thoughts about this are a big mess. But no, I, my- I appreciate I appreciate uh, listener Amadi's you asking the question and giving us uh, an opportunity to express our mess. Yeah, and I, I just want to say too that I I feel yeah I feel like I am very much trying to learn how to talk about this and what I think about it. I mean, like for instance, I feel like I learned so much about Chinese food from Fuchsia Dunlop, yeah. who is a white British food writer. Yeah. And I I think that I can do better. So, yeah, I think that I'm really glad we're having these conversations. And also, this is part of what has made me not want to write about food anymore. Yeah. Is that it? I just feel like a, a lot of the foods that I love to eat are not mine to write about. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. And like, you know, the fact that we do a show about food, like I've, I've sometimes thought like I wish we could sort of like set aside the food at this point and just like do a show about like a couple of friends being dumbasses. I think that is kind of what we're that, doing That is kind here. of what we do. But but it like, you know, it puts us in a, in a, in a difficult spot because we want to be inclusive about what kind of foods we talk about. Sure. But that means being inclusive of foods that we, you know, didn't grow up with and aren't part of our culture mm-hmm. and need to like bring on a guest to talk about or, you know, kind of fumble through it. You know, it can affect the tone of the show. And like, you know, we 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 are trying our best, but don't always do a great job of that, I think. Yeah. Uh, it is a work in progress and I, I think for the most part we just hope to to do no harm. Yeah. As we are bumbling our way to figuring out what is what is fair and respectful and uh, allows the right people to be in the spotlight. Yeah. Cool. All right. Okay. Want to move on to a now but wow? Yes. Okay. So this is a first. This now but wow that I'm recommending uh, was created by the same person who suggested this episode. Really? Yes. Wait, did you uh, hold on? Did you think about this? Did uh, I, mean, I didn't you, just realize it now? Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> um, so this episode was suggested but by you listener. Aren't, you aren't just like you know like puffing up Chihiro. Have you tried Chihiro puffs? <laughs> um, oh, oh, like uh, like a like a tit for tat kind of like well, like yeah, Kayola except what type I was saying thing? doesn't make any sense because basically we owe this whole episode to Chihiro and Chihiro. Your newsletter is great, and Matthew's about to talk about it. Okay, so listener Chihiro Tomioka covers Japanese cooking and travel with a particular focus on sweets and gifts in her Substack newsletter, uh, which is just called Chihiro's Newsletter. I subscribe to it. It is free. Um, you uh, you get it at uh, naranomatcha.substack.com. We'll link to it in the show notes. And I like it because the writing is beautiful. She's a professional writer, and it uh, it covers like areas of Japanese food that I don't know very well, but would love to learn more about, like sweets and gifts. Um, so she did a had a recent newsletter about uh, namagashi, which is like a particular particular type of traditional Japanese sweets, and uh, it contained the following delightful footnote, which I'm going to read in its entirety. Okay, <laughs> I love my hometown, but boy, is it a trek from New York. You must fly to Narita, 14 hours, take the Narita Express to Shinagawa, one hour, take the Shinkansen to Kyoto, two hours, and then the Express Kintetsu to Yamato Koriyama, one one hour. That's the itinerary. You're welcome. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so uh, uh, Chihiro's newsletter on Substack. It's great. Fantastic. Well, our producer is Abby Circatella. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to talk with other Spilled Milk listeners, you can do that on our subreddit, which is reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Bumbling my way into your ear holes. (laughs) Which I I think the best way to the heart is through the ear holes, personally. I agree. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I'm Molly Weisenberg. I'm such an idiot. <laughs>